on today's Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling. I, uh, I may or may not remember what I'm saying right now when I wake up tomorrow morning. But we're good. We're uh, we're joined by our good friend Annie, Andy. I almost said I, I feel like that just sounded like Annie. You can't you can't, you, you can't uh, this is the introduction of the episode, so you can't like I can't lie to the people. You you know you can't like go over because then we're gonna play our music. So you know because you, so you said the Annie and then the Andy. So. No, we're we're joined by our good friend Andy. We uh, we're gonna recap everything from the world of wrestling this past week. We're going to start our brand new segment of beer ratings. We don't do star ratings on this show. We're going to start beer ratings. We'll explain that. We're going to start with the pay-per-view that most people say started the Attitude Era, WrestleMania 13. We're going to work our way chronologically from there. We're going to close the show with some more rapid-fire questions. So... Do us a favor, follow us on Twitter at DDT WrestlePod. Tell at least one of your friends about us, and it would be a great help. Joe, are you ready to start the show? Always ready to start the show, bud. Andy, are you ready to start the show? I'm so ready to start the show, bud. All right, let's go. Welcome into Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling. I'm Dylan. I'm joined by Joe. I'm joined by Andy right now. And we were going to start this show by talking about the A&E WWE biography on Stone Cold Steve Austin, but I'm the only one on the show that's watched it this week. So we're going to talk about that next week. We're going to start the show off with a brand new segment. We are talking about our brand new beer ratings segment so basically how that's gonna go everyone and their mother likes to talk about wrestling and wrestling matches with regards to star ratings well we've got this little thing this little drinking game that we do when we watch wrestling and it's basically just what we do when we watch wrestling we we watch wrestling we get we get drunk we get fucked up and We're going to start rating the matches based on, well, how many beers you drink during each match. We've had a couple beers tonight, so... uh, Just a few. Yeah, just a few beers tonight. A couple is quite the understatement. (laughs) Yeah. This uh, is by far the drunkest I've been since we've started recording. Yeah. Not the drunkest Dylan and I have been together. Maybe the drunkest we've seen Andy, but uh, we've had a couple beers and we're... We're excited to shoot this show for you guys tonight, you know. Andy, how are you feeling? Uh, I've come up a little bit since we were in the in the middle of the of the WrestleMania 13 moments, but uh, I'm still feeling it a good bit. Yeah, we watched WrestleMania 13 tonight, and then immediately followed it what followed it up with SmackDown. Yeah, I got so drunk that I passed out, 
I honestly don't even know what happened at the end of the show, so I'm going to need some help here with from Joe and Andy from what exactly happened. Apparently, Daniel Bryan's fighting for his career next week. I don't know. Fighting for his SmackDown career. He could still show up on Raw or NXT. Yeah, allegedly. I'm saying that for legal purposes. But anyways, we are we'll 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 get we'll get straight into it with our WrestleMania 13 beer ratings. Are you guys ready for this? Yes. Oh, I'm so ready. Holy shit. We we started off WrestleMania 13 with a four-way tag team elimination match. And quite honestly, so this was uh, this was a four-way elimination match to determine the number one contenders for the WWF Tag Team Championships. Went 10 minutes and 39 seconds. We had, in this match, we had the Headbangers, Doug Furness and Phil LaFon. Who the fuck is that? It's, it's honestly, I, a, a lot of, a, the this drinking game is based off of the Attitude Era, so... You'll see as we watch all these Attitude Era pay-per-views, I'm like, these are the things that get me the most messed up when it comes to drinking. It's not only they, that. We're 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 very excited to learn about the Attitude Era because, as we've stated in our previous episodes, is we didn't necessarily remember or watch as much as we wish we would have watched now what happened in the attitude era i was i was three years old when this yes in when when this aired i was maybe two years old so i wasn't even alive yet and andy andy's a baby he's a baby he's got a huge ass though yeah he's he's (laughs) he's about 13 or 14 years old he's really sad well not right now because he's currently Currently drinking. What are you drinking, Andy? You're drinking Mike's hard seltzer. Hard seltzer. That's what I have in the fridge. You're disgusting. Yeah, you disgust me. Yeah, we're impressed anyways, by you. Anyway, we, we had the Headbangers against Doug Furness and Phil Lafon versus the Godwins, Henryo and Phineas, with uh, with Hillbilly Jim with them, and we also had the New Blackjacks, which included a uh, which included Bradshaw. It was it was exciting to see JBL out there before he was JBL. Uh, this match, so let's talk about this a little bit. This uh, I was expecting when we saw a four way tag team elimination match, Joe. When we saw this, I was expecting a lot of, a lot more tags. This match only got one and a half beers. Yeah, so th- this match uh, outlived our expectations from the from the tag team the multiple team tag team matches that we've seen in the past. Is that it? It had all four match or, or all four teams in the in the match at the same time, so we we liked that pretty much. They weren't supposed to be, but you know, it was the attitude era. It was sort of the attitude era, so everyone was in the ring. I don't know if they were supposed to be. Yeah, uh, you know, they set the rules in the beginning of the match. They put them up on the screen. It was a very old school graphic where it said that any team could tag any team. Uh, we had the headbangers going up against each other at one point. Yeah, there was a point where Mosh and Thrasher got tagged i think mosh got tagged in and they were both in the ring at the same time and they were like i don't know what to do <laughs> so they just fucking partied they, they hit each other and uh eventually there was another tag you know which which got us further in the tag team match yeah so i mean if you're looking to 
if you're looking to enjoy one and a half beers, that's what we gave this match. That's that's how much. That's how many beers we went through this match. Uh, the, the, Joe, this this pay per view in total, I think with all the matches and all the backstage segments. Sorry, without the backstage segments, did 14 beers. So, and we're looking at about uh, just under three hours here. So, I mean, this was great. If you're looking to spend a little under three hours for, if, for if if you're looking to have a, I don't know, I don't know how long people pregame anymore, but if for you wrestling fans, if you're looking to pregame, and uh, you've you've got a little bit less than three hours, and you're looking to have I don't know, fourteen beers, fifteen beers, if you if you drink a little bit heavier of sips than I do, but. It, it was fourteen. It was a fourteen beer pay per view. So we got one and a half beers out of the first match, and then we got our first look at The Rock as Rocky Maivia in the second match. He beat the Sultan, aka Rikishi, for the Intercontinental Championship. This match got three quarters of a beer. Yeah, this, this wasn't really anything to shake a stick at. Yeah, it was. Uh, it it was The Rock before he was The Rock, you know. And it was Rikishi before he was Rikishi. Everyone we, wanted to hate The Rock. You know, we had Bob Buckland and Iron Sheik. Bob Backlund. Bob Backlund. <laughs> Buckland. Uh, yeah, we <laughs> we had Bob Backlund joining us, and the Iron Sheik, who actually got to got to put a finisher on. Uh, was it Rocky Johnson? No, he 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 put the he put the camel clutch on on the rock there. I think. Yeah. Like after the match. The, yeah. The, I feel like I drank more for this match for the post match because Rocky Johnson came out and helped out Rocky Maivia, and we got just a big skirmish in the ring. There was people throwing each other in the stairs people he i think people hitting each other with chairs and stuff yeah it was it was a crazy finishing moves on people i think so this match got three quarters of a beer i'm pretty sure i drank three quarters of a beer also in the post match yeah definitely uh this match got us more fucked up than we than we thought it would uh at the end of the match and it was it was all in all, a good match, you know. I, I really liked the appearance from Rocky Johnson. Uh, Rocky, we know that you come out higher than than you did at on this match. So, you know, good job, bud. Yeah, obviously we know how that career ended up. Well, I mean, it's still going on. The Rock's always bound to come back. WrestleMania he's, 39. Uh, the people's champ. He's obviously a great actor. Andy, we we then had uh, Triple H versus Goldust. This was a uh, so and Andy Andy decided to show up after after the Rocky Maivia match. He uh, he walked in and uh, Triple H was the next match. He was, he was Hunter Hearst, Hearst Helmsley at the time. Came out with China. He was facing Goldust in just a regular singles match, and Goldust came out with Marlena, who he was with at the time. And this match got a beer and a quarter. Andy, this uh, this is what started your night off. It started off started off strong. This was a a young Triple H and a young Gold Dust going at it. And uh, the beginning of the match wasn't too bad. And once they started getting in the middle of the match, towards the end of it, 
lot of two counts going on. Got got into some heavy drinking pretty pretty quickly. My God, did this match start out slow and did it pick up great at the end? Like, very very quickly. I feel like we had a two count every I don't know five or ten seconds. At yeah. Least. How many beers did it wind us up with in the end? We we wound up with a beer and a quarter in this match, and we. I, by the time this match was over, and like I, I still had this this thought in my mind after this match. Like when you watch WrestleMania 13, you think Hart Austin, but there was there was another match down the card that I was like, holy shit! If you're playing this drinking game, you're done. You're done. You're done, son. You're done. It's definitely a good good kickoff to my night, just to say the least. We uh we move on from that. So Triple H or Hunter Hearst Helmsley defeated Gold Dust with the pedigree. And we move on to the tag team championship match. We had Owen Hart and the British Bulldog defeating Vader and Mankind for the WWF Tag Team Championships. And I couldn't help but point out that three three out of four people that competed in this match are dead, and the other person probably should be dead. <laughs> <laughs> this I mean, the fact that the fact that Mick Foley's not dead by now, but with all the bumps he's taken in his career, is insane. We're but glad he's not dead. I'm glad he's not dead. But the, we we ended up we ended up getting a beer and a half out of this match, uh, pretty much all from from tags, the tag matches, as we've stated in the past. It's just the it's just the sheer amount of tags that get you. We we drink one sip for every tag. That's that's pretty much how we got probably a be- at least a beer out of this match, and then the other half was from entrances, finishing moves, two counts, and the finish of the match. This this was a great. I mean, this was a good match. I thought I and I thought it I thought it kicked off the rest of the night to uh, basically like the rest of the night as far as entertainment value. I thought it was great. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. You know, we got a couple Hall of Famers in this match. The British Bulldog most recently being inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. We talked about that in a former episode. And Owen Hart, a part of the Hart Foundation, uh, another member of Hall of Fame. Mankind, Vader, we're, we're hoping for you to be inducted soon. Uh, Mankind, Mick Foley, whatever you want to say. Uh, but yeah, you know, some, some classic legendary wrestlers uh who really showed who they were in this wrestlemania uh so so yeah that's pretty much what i got to say about that and that's all i got to say about that (laughs) then we had our match of the night holy shit you know if it wasn't for so we had bret hart versus stone cold steve austin a submission match with Ken Shamrock as a special guest referee. And if it wasn't for... This is obviously regarded as... Some people say it's the best. Most people put it in their top five. I would say the rest of... like There's some that put it as the number one. Most people have... Almost everyone has it in their top five. Most people have it in their top three. WrestleMania matches of all time. So many classic moments in this match. If it wasn't for so Stone Cold enter the match with as as the heel in this match, Bret Hart is the face. It le- they left completely different. This was the famous double turn, and this this is what I, I after this even during this match I was playing catch up the rest of the night. Yeah, and yeah. For each heel turn and face turn, you got to finish a beer. 
Well, we had two here. So this was without the heel and face turns. This was just a two beer match. But with the heel and the face turn during the match, this ends up being a four beer match and the highest rated match on this card. Yep. Uh, th this one definitely hurt and uh, took a, a while to catch up from this one. Yep. But what we got there, uh, which brought us into our next match of the night, which is a Chicago street fight. Oh my God. And, uh, you know, uh, if you're playing this drinking game that we love to play and you just came out off a match of Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And you're still playing catch up. And you're still playing catch up. And then you get into the Legion of Doom and Ahmed Johnson, uh, versus the Nation of Domination, Farouk Crush and Saveo Vega. You're gonna hurt in the end. You know, you know, you got the Road Warriors versus the Nation of Domination, and then you got Amir Johnson in there with just any amount of weapons that you can think of just thrown in there. <laughs> yeah, so Ahmed Johnson and LOD brought out, uh, I think, a street sign and a bunch of trash, trash cans. cans, wood posts, the, the Nation of Domination. Oh, actually, LOD also brought out that 2x4. Yeah. That was used quite a bit. Yeah. My God. Nation of Domination, mm -hmm. uh, the, the commentary team joked about how they brought out everything, or how they joked about how the nation brought out everything but the kitchen sink. Ahmed Johnson and LOD literally brought out a fucking kitchen sink and proceeded. Actually, I don't know if they. Did they use it at all? I don't, I, I, I don't remember them using it. This at all. match was absolute fucking chaos. There was people going through tables. There was there was garbage cans galore. The fact that the I think they tried a pile driver through the French announce table, which would have been another finisher beer. I was playing catch up this entire like the rest of this pay per view from the Hart and Austin match because of the double heel and face turn, and then on top of it, you're gonna throw in like. 20 trash can shots and they almost went through a, they they tried a pile driver through i think the french announce table on the night it was i was begging for them not to it was kind of a bitch move on my part i just i didn't want to finish another beer yeah. i was i was so full i i've never been so full on beer in my entire life this match this match pulled a solid three beers it was an excellent, excellent match for for the drinking game. Yeah, it was a good one. Um, we that was the penultimate match of the night. When we move on to the main event, the Undertaker versus Psycho Sid, current champ or champion at the time for the World Wrestling Federation Championship in a no disqualification match. This match. Went almost, went just a little bit over 21 minutes. Only a two-beer match. That was kind of, that was kind of surprising to me for, for a no-DQ no match, main event. I was, I was expecting at least a three-beer match there. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good match. You know, uh, it was The Undertaker at the beginning of his career. Uh, he wins the WWF Championship in the end. Obviously. But, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we were very surprised that Undertaker came out on top in WrestleMania this early in his career. You know, we we had no idea of about the streak, so 
Yeah, we, crazy. We, I, n- I never would have thought he would have won this match. Yeah, we were, we, we came in completely <laughs> surprised that, that Undertaker came out on top. Except that we didn't, you know? <laughs> uh, I, I honestly came into this, this WrestleMania not knowing uh, a lot of the outcomes of the match, but this one I obviously knew. He didn't lose at WrestleMania until WrestleMania 30 against Brock Lesnar. Uh, so, so yeah, I knew the outcome of the match, but, but it was still exciting to see. It's exciting to see the beginning of the Undertaker's career, especially because I know how much more he advances after this match. Yeah, that's true. So all in all, like we said, we've got a, we've got a 14 beer pay-per-view here. This is, I mean, if you're looking to spend three hours, three hours, 14 beers, my God, there you go. It's uh, it's probably not the probably not the most most you're gonna drink for a pay per view that that you'll hear from us, but it's a good start to your night. Most certainly, Joe. What you what you uh, what you got there? Oh, nice cold Bud Light. Yup, yep. So I mean, that's where we that's where we end up with WrestleMania 13. We had. A one and a half beer match in the four-way tag team elimination match. We had a three-quarter beer match. Rocky Maivia beating the Sultan, a.k.a. Rikishi, for the Intercontinental Championship. Hunter Hearst Townsley defeating Gold Gold Dust. I almost said Gold Tusk or Tusk. I feel like that's what I almost said. In a one and a quarter beer match. Tag team championship match, one and a half beers. Owen Hart and the British Bulldog beating Vader and Mankind. Uh, to retain did, did their they, championships. Did they beat them, or uh, it ended in a double countout? Did it? Did yeah. With a, yeah, it was a double countout. Whoa. Yeah. Well, we got, oh, in case you're wondering how drunk I get at these things, this was the fourth match of the night, and I wrote down the complete. I mean, I literally have Wikipedia open, and I wrote down the. Ver- I wrote down the wrong outcome of the match. It was a double countout. Thank yeah. you, Joe. We had a four beer match. It is obvious. I mean, obviously, this is our first beer rating pay per view. So it is currently the highest rated match of the DDT Wrestling Podcast beer ratings. Bret Hart making Stokel Steve Austin pass out in a submission match. We had the Chicago Street Fight, the three beer match. I feel like, honestly, even. Talking about it again, I feel like it could have been so much more. The the camera angles were going, the cameras were cutting so far, like back and forth and back and forth. There was so much action here. It probably, if if you really pay attention and you're not drunk here, probably could have been probably could have been a three and a half or four beer match if you if you really catch everything. But I really only caught about three beers worth of stuff. So you know, sorry sorry for partying. And then we had the main event, Undertaker beating Psycho Sid. WWF Championship, no disqualification match, two-beer match, 14-beer pay-per-view, excellent pay-per-view. Let's get in to This Week in Wrestling. Uh, So, first off in This Week in Wrestling, we have to recap last week's SmackDown, so... We'll go. We'll go into this last week's SmackDown, and then we'll cover this week's SmackDown as well. Yeah, let's just let's just cover them both right now. In, in order, like like Matthew McConaughey said, in order to move forward, you gotta you gotta go back. Something like that. 
in a Lincoln commercial probably sometime. Yeah, something. He's probably like twisting that. around a booger or something and yeah. saying that. Sounds reasonable. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to cover in the last two weeks of SmackDown. Roman Reigns is the best heel in the business right now, by far. Absolutely. Insane. He's, uh, we had the moment last week in SmackDown. Cesaro. Cesaro comes out. Roman Reigns puts on this, puts on this, this promo where he says, he's basically saying, nobody can, nobody can challenge me. Paul, he's talking to Paul Riss and like saying, nobody can, nobody can challenge me. There's no challengers left on SmackDown. He beat Daniel Bryan and Edge at WrestleMania 37. There's nobody left. Cut me the check. We're leaving. Well, here comes Cesaro. Cesaro, who won at WrestleMania, beating Seth Rollins. He he came out to the ring, went to grab a microphone. He went, he went face-to-face with Roman Reigns, went to grab a microphone, and Roman Reigns just... He just walks off. Smirks, smirks at him and walks off. The cockiest thing... It was it was a wonderful the the best the best move like every every little heelish thing that he's done since he came back last year has been fucking wonderful. So it appeared that we I mean I, obviously after this we it, it appeared that we were heading towards Cesaro versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania Backlash or WrestleMania Month Backlash. Cesaro wanted Reigns la, uh, last week in a match. Ends up getting Jey Uso in the main event, which Seth Rollins ends up interfering on. So, I mean, after that, I, I really had no idea what the plans are. And obviously, like I said, I passed the fuck out tonight during SmackDown. So, I mean, what, 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 are, the, what are the plans right now for the Universal Championship? Well, so for the Universal Championship, uh, after last week, Cesaro opened the show. Seth Rollins came out. He was a bit of a dick. Jey Uso came out to support him. And then Daniel Bryan came out and he's like, yo, bud, you're kind of fucked up here. And then it led to a tag team match between Jey Uso and Seth Rollins and Daniel Bryan and Cesaro, which... Cesaro and Daniel Bryan came out on top when uh, Seth Rollins walked out on on Jey Uso. Oh yes, yeah, I remember that. I do remember that. I do remember that. Uh, you know, there's little bits and pieces of this brownout coming back. Yeah, Seth Rollins right. thinking he's 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 above above everybody, thinking he doesn't deserve to be in the ring with he, with he, that kind of talent. He's uh, Jey Uso is not worthy for him. He's, yeah. So so yes. Uh, I don't. I don't really know where we might be going with this main event picture. I don't know if they've announced anything for WrestleMania Backlash as far as the SmackDown uh, for the Universal Championship goes. I'm taking a look now. We're getting a match next week. They have not. The only matches they have announced are Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre and Bianca Belair versus Bailey, which they announced tonight. Which. Speaking of Bianca Belair, they she she was able to get her her celebration moment in the ring last week, and she was able to do it out there with her husband Montez Ford, his tag team partner Angela Dawkins. It was awesome to see. Yeah, it was it was a good moment. It's it's just not it's just not something that you see all the time where WWE lets lets their talent go out on camera with their loved ones. And celebrate things on camera, which I, I, it was, it was, it was just, a, it was just a cool thing to see. Heartwarming moment on WWE. 
Yeah, and unfortunately, Bianca did not get to make an appearance this week, but that's fine. You know, uh, she she will be very prominent in her championship reign, but I think we should move on, Dylan, and I think we should move on because... Well, you know, well, you know who did get to make an appearance this week? Yeah, Kevin. Was, well, who were you, you going to say? I was going to say would... Bailey. Yeah, her, well, her well, we are... at WrestleMania Backlash. Shh, shut the fuck up. Raven. Raven, I was gonna say we are trying to record a podcast, and you're being selfish. It sounded like you were gonna say Kevin Owens. I was gonna, say, yeah, yeah. I was gonna talk about Kevin Owens, but but talk about Bailey. We're gonna talk about Kevin a little well, later. Well, I mean, I, the only thing I remember was Bailey just doing like a little backstage segment, basically challenging Bianca Belair to a match at WrestleMania Backlash, and that's pretty much all we got out of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. We kind of already talked about it a little bit. Bailey did challenge Bianca to a, a SmackDown Women's Championship match for the Women's Championship, and that, and that's all we know right now. You know they have that old feud that I guess they're re- renewing right now. Bailey's got to stay in the picture somehow. So yeah, that's what that's what we got, and uh, I think it could be a good match. Yeah, I don't think they've put on bad matches in the past. The only the only one I can remember they I feel like I'm pretty sure they had one last year at one of those pay per views after SummerSlam uh, when when Banks and Bailey were still teaming up, but that's all that's really all I can remember about that. I, I obviously Bailey came out on top. No, no, Bianca. You you don't remember the uh, the obstacle course with Bailey and Bianca Belair. I remember Bellet. that, but I'm pretty sure I thought Bailey came out on top in that feud obviously. No, no, she dude. No. Retained the championship. It was right before the Rumble, uh Bianca versus Bailey in in some kind of feud. Uh Bianca showed like proved herself in in an obstacle course and oh, eventually I remember the obstacle course. Eventually they had a match where Bianca came I, out on top which which you know really really affected my predictions for who was going to win the Royal Rumble. And uh, yeah, it was it was Bianca in the end. So uh, I think that that feud set a precedence for Bianca Belair, and probably yeah yeah definitely probably <laughs> set like a precedence. They, sounds set, like something they would do. They're definitely something they would do. <laughs> yeah, so it was fun. Uh, but yeah, so uh, the one the feud that I wanted to talk about is this continuing feud between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Yeah, feed and it, now feed it to me with a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> like the rest of the food that I eat. Yeah. Cammy uh, and now, uh, I guess, Apollo Crews, because Kevin Owens uh, went up against Apollo Crews tonight. And it was it was a good match. You know, Cammy came out on commentary, or sorry, Kevin Owens came out on commentary eventually. Sammy. And, oh, yeah. Kevin Owens is in the match, Joe. Sammy Zane came out on commentary eventually. Uh, which may or may not have cost Kevin Owens the match. Probably. You know, probably cost him the match. Yeah, and this stems from last week. They they had a they had a rematch they had a WrestleMania rematch where Kevin Owens won by count out. Sami Zayn just like kinda like just walked away. And it looks like we might be working our way into probably a multi man match, hopefully. A multi man backlash. Yeah, a multi man match. Uh Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Apollo Cruz. For the Intercontinental Championship, 
Sami Zayn had probably that. also Biggie. Biggie yeah. yeah, Biggie definitely. Yeah, uh, Kevin was kind of feuding with him in the in the backstage area. So yeah, Biggie's probably going to be there as well. And I think that if it's a ladder match, it could be a very good ladder match. Oh my god! I love Intercontinental. If Championship they make it a ladder match, Dunzo. Yeah, that's at least probably at least a three beer match. Oh, absolutely. At the very least. Absolutely. Yeah. Probably almost every ladder match that they put on now is at least a three-beer match, and it's just it's, it's just game over from there, especially when they put it on first, which if they did that at WrestleMania Backlash, it probably would be the first match that they put on. But you know who wouldn't be watching that ladder match? Leslie. Dylan's wife, Leslie, Leslie. hates ladder matches. <laughs> Leslie cannot stand how how the wrestlers climb the ladder she she cannot she cannot grasp how they they climb the ladder so slow and then how they have to set it up how how they have to set the ladder up so perfectly and then when they get to the top or they they real or when they get almost to the top and they realize oh shoot i'm one rung one ladder rung away from reaching whatever i'm grabbing for and then also when they get to the top and they reach for the briefcase or they reach for the belt or they reach for whatever the fuck they're reaching for and they swipe at it and they completely miss because they make it seem like they don't have thumbs. I don't know. It just doesn't it doesn't make any sense to her. And I try to tell her it just adds to the drama. It's still real to me, Leslie. It's 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 just it, it adds to the drama. I, I don't know what else to say other than that. It's it makes it more dramatic. You have to believe. You have to press the I believe button. You you got to Liz. Come on. You have to. What else what else did we see on SmackDown? Uh so first off, we saw Alistair Black shoot a promo. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like so ready for Alistair Black to be back. Yeah, I can't talk enough about Alistair Black, his in-ring talent, his his ability to shoot a a backstage promo a vignette. Vignette, if you will. Uh I I fucking love him. I love everything about Alistair Black. Heel, face, uh in the ring, out of the ring. Alistair Black he is He was one of my favorite superstars in NXT. And when they moved him up and they put him in that tag team with Ricochet, I was like, heck yeah. We got Aleister Black and Ricochet on the same team. And then they just got absolutely fucking buried. We see what Ricochet's doing now. But now we're getting these vignettes with, hopefully these, like we'll get a couple weeks here, these vignettes with Aleister Black. They, I, I don't think he's going to be thrust in any storyline anytime soon. I feel like, we're probably going to get vignettes here for probably a couple weeks to a month. And then come June time frame. So after WrestleMania Backlash, he'll probably finally come back. A couple squashes or like a little bit more than squashes against some better talent. I honestly think so. Before tonight, I was thinking Cesaro or Big E for the money in the bank. I think Aleister Black might win the Money in the Bank contract now. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. You that know, would be. I, I, I'm not making amazing. This is not my prediction for for Mr. Money in the Bank just yet. But if Aleister Black climbed that ladder, grabbed that briefcase, I would not be upset. 
I think he would represent both brands in such an incredible way that I, I, I can't I can't really even talk about it, you and know. The, the I, same thing with that, like I don't think there's a whole lot of room for him on SmackDown right now. So like I think it would be a perfect way to like if they weren't gonna jump him to Raw now, the briefcase could be a perfect chance to jump him over to Raw, compete for the WWE championship. I think it would be I I mean I, I in my opinion that's the smartest move to go with if that's who you're gonna give the briefcase to. I just if if they're if they ruin it again this year like they did with Otis, like they did with Baron Corbin, like they did with Braun Strowman, like they did with Braun Strowman, <laughs> money in the pretty biggest. much like they did with Brock Lesnar as well, just by even giving him the 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 briefcase, the money in the bank just has not succeeded in the men's division at least the way yeah the way that it should in the last couple of years. There there's so many people this year that could win it that. They could do so many things with. I mean, I've already talked, like, we've, we've been talking about Aleister Black. There's also Big E. There's also Cesaro. And that's just on SmackDown. I'm struggling to think of who they would do with, who they would put on for Raw. Probably Riddle. They'd probably put Riddle in there. Um, but honestly, I don't know who else they would throw in there for that. Orton, Orton and Strowman, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I... Uh... I, I can't think of anyone on Raw that I would like to see win the Money in the Bank contract. Yeah, I, I feel like it has to be one of those three SmackDown guys. Yeah, but I, and I'm, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, like, we, like Cesaro and, and Big E could get their their championship opportunity by themselves. I think that Cesaro is coming up for a championship opportunity potentially at WrestleMania Backlash, and Big E is probably set for WrestleMania next year. But I hope so. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope so, and I, and I think so. I, I, I honestly don't think that they, they can keep that opportunity away from him for. Very I want to see longer. Big E Mania next year so bad against Roman Reigns. If I don't get that, like, if I don't get Big E Mania, I'll be mad. If I don't get like, I'm sorry. If I don't get Big E Mania versus Roman Reigns, I'll be mad. If I don't get Big E Mania at all, I'll be super mad. Yeah, super mad. Yeah, and, and super mad's really, really. It, Andy, that's really mad. That's really mad. In case that's, you were that's wondering, that's pretty mad. Dylan, I don't pretty know if you've ever seen you super mad. You have. You probably haven't, bro. Yeah, and then the last thing <laughs> we, the last thing we really have to talk about about with SmackDown, which Dylan might not remember, is uh, is that that continuing feud between Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns at the end of SmackDown. Yeah, I, it, I got, I was. A hundred percent napping at the end of SmackDown. Yeah, well, oh, no, it was more. It was. It wasn't napping. It was. It was drunk was I sleeping. Snoring? Yeah, it was. It was very. He was passed out. Was honestly, I, I didn't hear any snoring. But uh, you, you were you were definitely good. snuggling with Coco. Coco is Andy's dog. So yeah, down for the count. Have have a good cuddle sesh. For sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, down, I'm down with that. Yeah. So uh, you know, Roman Reigns comes out. You think that it's going to be the Roman Reigns Cesaro feud, and Roman Reigns, you know, says his mean guy talk to Daniel Bryan. You know, I really don't like you. I want to face you in a match. I will face you in a match next week, and for that match will be your SmackDown career. You know, I don't want to see you after I beat you, kind of thing. And Cesaro said, "Take it. You have to take it. You have to take it," which. Daniel Bryan inevitably took it 
which set up that match next week for the Universal Championship. I don't think that we're going to get a Universal Championship well, change I mean, based, up next based week. Based off what you're saying, I didn't see this, obviously. You know, we've already talked about that a lot. Based off what you're saying, my initial thoughts are this. This match next week ends in some sort of kerfuffle, some sort of shitbaggery something where Daniel Bryan gets mad or something something that is not a clean pin, one, two, three, or clean submission, somebody taps out in the middle of the ring. We're still working towards a pay-per-view here, boys. Edge isn't around. What better way to go with WrestleMania Backlash than with a Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan WrestleMania Backlash match for the Universal Championship. You don't think Cesaro is going to be in the I don't think picture? so. I think we're going to go Cesaro and Rollins again. I, I think most of most of this WrestleMania Backlash pay-per-view is going to be rematches from WrestleMania or something close to rematches, like we're probably going to get with Asuka, Rhea Ripley, and Charlotte. Yeah, that's That'd true. Great triple threat match. Getting into that, Andrew, Monday Night Raw, we, we, so obviously we, we, we finished up SmackDown. We're working chronologically through the week here. Monday, we had Raw. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, Charlotte Flair, she, so the week before, Asuka and Rhea Ripley were supposed to have, or, we're supposed to have this awesome WrestleMania rematch. Charlotte Flair interferes. Well, this week, the the main event of Monday Night Raw, we get Charlotte Flair versus Asuka. And basically, what happened... So, Rhea Ripley comes down to the ring, and she doesn't do... The thing that I liked about this was that WWE didn't put Rhea Ripley on commentary. Sort of like what they would do with any other sort of generic feud. They just had Rhea Ripley grab a, grab a steel chair, put it out by the entrance ramp side of the ring, and she just kind of circled the ring the entire match like a shark, just waiting for some point to attack. Uh, you, you, they made it seem like she was going to interfere, which she most certainly did. Uh, she basically cost Charlotte the match. Charlotte was pissed. It look it really looks like they're gonna set up this triple threat: Charlotte Flair, Asuka, and Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's Championship at Backlash. Excuse me, WrestleMania Backlash. It's WrestleMania month. Let's not forget that. And then all of a sudden, Charlotte's all pissed, and she beat the living fuck out of the referee. I don't know who that ref was. It's been five days since I watched Monday Night Raw at this point. If I'm counting correctly, probably not though. Four or five. Four or five, yeah. I don't know who that ref was. I don't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, let alone which ref got knocked out on Monday. But anytime a ref is involved in anything other than calling a match, I have so much fun watching them just like take bumps all over the place. They just like flail around. And then at the the same time, Charlotte's... She's still sitting there just like beating the shit out of the ref and all these other refs come down to try and stop her, but they don't pull her off. They just stand next to her and they're like, Charlotte, uh, uh, hey, come on. Stop. Please, stop please stop it. Yeah. I wish you would. Re- I really wish you would stop it. That's so bad. That's so mean of you. Please don't do that. 
we really wish you would stop. But they don't do anything about it other than just say that. And then the, the camera shots are just Charlotte beating the shit out of this other ref. And they're, I would assume the referee is all hang out. Like, she's beating the shit out of your friend. And all you're doing is, as a referee, is just, oh, no, please, please don't hurt my friend. I really wish you wouldn't have done that. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, just so funny. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good time. <laughs> Uh, what else do we have on Raw? On Raw, uh, biggest thing I remember from Raw is Mace and T-Bar finally got unmasked. And this is a good time to bring up the fact that I talked about Mace and T-Bar last week. And I... I you 100% called Mace Shane Thorne. I did call him Shane Thorne. I obviously didn't remember Raw well enough from the week before. And I talked about Dominic... Dijakovic and Shane Thorne, but obviously who I meant was Dio Madden. It's okay though, Raw Dio, comment, Dio Madden and Shane Thorne look exactly alike. Yeah, they're they're pretty much the same if, person. If you if you look up Dio Madden in the encyclopedia, you'll probably get a picture of Shane Thorne. They look so they look that much alike. You, yeah, and you guys can Google it. Like these guys look exactly alike. Yeah, Shane, Shane mm-hmm, Thorne, mm-hmm. Dio Madden. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't even have to look it up. But if you want to, they look exactly alike. Trust me. Thanks, Dylan. Th- thanks for the backup there. But yeah, I, I made that mistake last week. They look nothing alike. Dylan did not stop me last week, so he, so he must have... Uh, I like know, chaos. Yeah, he, he either likes chaos or he also made the same mistake. Uh, but yeah, oh, no, so we... Oh, no, I 100% knew what you said. <laughs> so we, we got Mason T-Bar... Uh, who are Dim- Dominic Dijakovic and Dio Madden. And they they finally got unmasked this week. And God, I fucking hope they don't keep their names anymore. I hope they go back to their NXT names and their raw commentary names. I don't think they will because you, when they got unmasked, they were still calling them Mason T-Bar. If they're, they're going to go back to Dominic Dijakovic and Andrew, oh my gosh, you're a Fucking, you're the best. Thank you so much. You're welcome. If they're going to go back to Dominic Dijakovic and Dio Madden, I feel like they would have called them that once, uh, like, the, I don't want to say the R word here because Leslie listens to this, but the, the utter stupidity, there we go, of the commentary team, it, it makes sense, like... Even they would be able to know. I, you, you have to think that even that, like, if they were going to call them that, like, by their names that they went by in NXT, you would think that when they unmasked them, that the like Saxton would be like, "Oh my God, that's Dominic! Di- oh, I can't believe it! They've unmasked them!" And my God, that's Dominic Dijakovic and Dio Madden. Can't yeah. be- I can't believe it. I never would have thought it, even though the masks were barely covering most of their face. And, and it's not just the masks covering most of their face, you know? It's that some of these people on the Raw commentary team have shared a table with Dio Madden, you know? That too. I forgot that Dio <laughs> Madden was on the yeah, commentary he, he was Yeah, def- he was commentary for a while, and he got taken... Yeah, it was he- like for a month, and then he got an F5 no, through the table? He got, yeah, he got F5, Brock Lesnar took him out, and then he continued to work on his developmental contract. But what the fuck, man? I just, I still can't believe... And they're, they're trying to drive home the fact that they're not with MVP and Lashley, and... We talked about it last week. If they end up being a part of the Hurt Business, 
And we got rid of Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, who are basically jobbing now in the tag team division, because we saw another fucking Viking Raiders versus Benjamin and Alexander match this week. It was basically deja vu the first two matches of Raw. If if those two guys who are awesome workers, not to say that Dio Madden and Dijakovic aren't awesome workers in the ring, it the, the storyline just doesn't fit. Like I said last week, like the hurt business was beating the ever living shit out of Retribution a little over a month ago. And now all of a sudden these two guys who are former Retribution members are like, oh, we'd like to join this group of people that were beating the shit out of us a, a little over a month ago. We think that would be a great career opportunity. Yeah, I don't think How it's, about no? I don't think it's an if. I think it's a when they join oh the hurt business, dude. I think that, that that's what they're setting up and we're going to get Mason T-Bar, Dominic, and... Geo part of the hurt business. I really, I really do think that's it. That's dude. The that's other thing I'm reading here is this. I'm moving on because I don't want to talk about this anymore. I, I agree. I, I, I really hope that it doesn't. I agree that I think it will happen, but I hope it doesn't. This whole Randy Orton and Riddle thing, that backstage segment that they had, was so fucking funny. Riddle. Well, Randy Orton was basically talking to this new, who is that new backstage interviewer? Is some I, Irish guy? Yeah, he has an accent. He's he's Irish. He sounds Irish. He's got a name I don't that I don't remember. We miss you, Charlie. He's uh yeah, miss you, Charlie. Um, but anyways, Orton was doing Randy Orton was doing an interview, and he's talking about how the Fiend will never return as long as he's in the WWE. Which I felt was certainly foreshadowing, but then all of a sudden here comes Riddle on his fucking scooter and starts just yap, 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 talking his ear off like he's his fucking mother-in-law, asking him a, a thousand questions at a time. And the look on Orton's face was just like, you could just tell that if he wasn't on camera, he really just wanted to turn around and tell Riddle, just like, shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah, and that's that's how I feel about Riddle most of the time as well. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious, though, but it, it, the facial expressions that Orton played there were so perfect. Uh, it ended up building up to a match that Riddle, uh, the, between the two of them, and, and Riddle ended up getting the surprise pin on old Randall Keith there. Yeah, and I, I actually, I actually read something this week. It was uh, that Rand, Randall actually got injured during that match there was what? a spot yeah yeah randy might be injured his uh he was he was favoring, oh, the shoulder yeah his his shoulder yeah, he was favoring his other arm for the rest of the, the, the rest of the night uh or for the rest of the match rather there was like a point early in his career where he separated his shoulder and then like Anytime you separate your shoulder, it like becomes super vulnerable to just doing it all the time. Yeah, so I think I think he he hurt his shoulder somewhere early in the match, and then he couldn't continue, which led to Matt Riddle taking taking the to the taking the win there. So uh, I don't know. I hope that that Randy didn't actually sustain a long term injury, and that we can see him back pretty soon because I think that with him finally separated from the fiend that he can, you know, kind of reestablish himself. I don't want to see him get any more WWE. He could do some more great work that he's been doing this past entire year. Yeah. Like revive that legend killer killer thing. 
But yeah, I don't know. I I hope he's not hurt. But he did take that that pin to to Rand, to uh, Matt Riddle. So. Yeah. The only other thing I had for Raw, thank you for the beer. I can't wait to crack that. I they they did some more character development for this uh, whole Alexa Bliss and her doll Lily, her scary doll with the evil laugh, and. It looks like Alexa Bliss is about to wreak absolute havoc on the women's division. Basically, what happened is she uh, she talked about how anytime that she wants to hurt people, it's like the doll told her to do it or whatever. It's kind of it's kind of a dumb thing, but I think that she can make it work. So. As long as she gets out of this whole fiend thing, she can still be playing this character that was part of the fiend part of like the whole sister abigail sort of thing she can 100 percent. she's gonna she will i already said it she's gonna wreak havoc on the women's division it's gonna be wonderful to see yeah i think that that'll be really good yeah so that's really all i've got for monday night raw tuesday nxt second time on tuesday we we absolutely have to start with Kyle O'Reilly. Cool, cool Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, he's what, very he's very cool. What do we what do we think about that, Joe? Uh first off, I can't I can't continue to shoot this podcast without talking about his mullet. Uh he rolled up deep with, with his hat and his sunglasses and his 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 mullet, Dill. Do you think that that, that his mullet is very cool? I mean it's not just his mullet. It's just any mullet I think is cool. I can't <laughs> wait. I, I think I'm most certainly gonna grow one when I get out of the when I get out of the navy. So it's a good choice. That's a yeah, good choice. it's a, it's a hundred percent what I'm gonna do. <laughs> grow out the facial hair. Grow out the mullet. I'm just gonna pull that look off. And if I if it doesn't work, then I don't know what I'll do with my life because I I I, I feel like it should work. Given my stature of a very fat person, I feel like the mullet and beard look works works very well for for a fat man. So I just yeah. want to let everyone know, Andy Andy has left the building. He uh, his wife his wife has uh, t- t- taken him home, and uh, he yeah he's he's gone for the night. He he's got a he was craving a quesadilla from Taco Bell. Breeze saying he's got he's. <laughs> He's got to get his beauty sleep. He's got a big day tomorrow. We're going to Top Golf tomorrow night, so he's he's got to he's got to get his beauty rest tonight, so that he can basically he can get that that huge ass of his ready to go to to swing some golf clubs. Just a fat dunk. He's got a big dumper, but dude, Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, that was. I don't know why I just got into a segue about Andy's ass. I guess it's all we talk about with him, but uh. Kyle O'Reilly. I thought this was great. I I saw a lot of I saw a lot of hate for his like his new look, his new gimmick. I saw a lot of hate for the fact that he wore a denim jacket and the fact that he was like doing some like gimmick infringement off of Orange Cassidy. Like, fuck off. He's cool Kyle now. And I am so for it. 
I'm so for it. I loved it. I loved this entire opening segment that he had with who the uh, Cameron Grimes. Yeah, Cameron Grimes. I, I think Cameron I, I Grimes just talking about how Doge is to the to, going to the moon. Was, to the moon. To the moon. <laughs> I yeah, I, it. I, I don't. It. I don't think it's gimmick infringement. I think that that you know he's Kyle, not even wearing sunglasses. Yeah. he's wearing a fedora. It's yeah. a completely different look. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle rolls up with his his new cool guy look. In his Canadian tuxedo, and I think that's his natural it state. Was, <laughs> I don't know what was. I don't know why it looked so cool. I don't know what was so cool about it. It's the person. It's the person. He's uh, great at just playing that character. I I thought it was awesome. I just I can't get enough of it. I cannot wait for next Tuesday or this coming Tuesday to see what comes out of that. We. We had him in the main event versus Cameron Grimes, and we we got a nice little tease before the main event started. Joe, Kyle O'Reilly coming face to face with Karrion Cross. You think that, that that that's what we're gonna get in the long run? Ah, that's a lot of people are talking about online, saying like they're really hyped about the the fact that that match might happen. I think that I mean it only makes sense that you your your two biggest matches at NXT Takeover stand and deliver were the NXT Championship where Karrion Cross defeated Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly defeated Adam Cole. Adam Cole hasn't shown up since the the takeovers happened. So I think it only makes sense. I I had been I had been saying Pete Dunn because he had been chirping Karrion Cross a lot online on Twitter. But I think that this is probably the best first match they can do. They're obviously going to put on a great match. It's obviously going to be carrying Cross going over. It has to be in his first defense. He hasn't had a successful defense yet because he got hurt last time he had the title. I think it's just the perfect first move. And I'd also like to add on that I am in love with Kyle O'Reilly's new entrance music. I don't know what it is about it, but I like it. Yeah, uh, I'm, I like I'm, it a lot. I'm a fan too. Yeah, I definitely like Kyle O'Reilly. Everything about Kyle O'Reilly, I'm not sure exactly where he lies with the face versus heel uh, line. I think I think all these NXT main eventers are just tweeners. They, they, I, I really it think they are. Like you know, they, you know, he he started off that feud with Cameron Grimes. He came out at the beginning of the promo, absolute face, and then he. He hit Cameron Grimes in the face, which which set off their their match later in the night. And yeah, I, they played I, it off like they were going to team up or something. And yeah, I was like, I'm also for this. I'm also a hundred percent in favor of this. Don't care, Cameron Grimes. I'm loving what he's doing right now with his whole. I made a bunch of money off the stock market and off of Dogecoin gimmick that he's doing. It's hilarious. And him coming out with Cool Kyle, I thought I was like, oh my god, this is going to be a fucking match made in heaven. But yeah, it's it's uh, looking back twenty twenty hindsight vision. It's kind of early for Kyle O'Reilly to be going back into some sort of tag team stuff, you know. But that reminds me, actually, uh, in like on Tuesday in NXT, they they brought back a character that we haven't seen in a while or even heard of in a while. Uh, Ted DiBiase made an appearance in in verbal communication only. <laughs> they they talked about him. So, is what Joe is trying to say. But 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 what do you think about that? Do you think like Ted DiBiase bought up uh 
Ted DiBiase has the unlimited money. Yeah, but do you think that we're going to see him? I don't think so. I think maybe like eventually when Cameron Grimes gets so over, I, I think I think that when Cameron Grimes gets to the end of playing out this gimmick of his, that's when we'll see Ted DiBiase. Okay, that's interesting. Maybe I, uh, when a crowd gets there as well, like a, like a legitimate crowd, not yeah. That that, that was that's where my mind went on right now. That's where my mind went immediately. Is uh, they brought up T- Ted DiBiase? Are they going to actually bring back back Ted DiBiase? And uh, I'd be I'd be for it. You know, I think that it could be a fun little fun little game that they play. So we'll see. We we also had the. Ongoing best love story since I don't know. Uh, what's a what's a really good rom com? Uh, Nia Jax and Enzo More. I was thinking the of Princess like, Bride. The Princess Bride. I don't know. That's, you th- that's a good one, but I think mine was better. Either way, best lo- love story I've seen in a hot minute. Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell. My God, Dexter Loomis had an awesome match with L.A. Knight. LA Knight ends up coming out on top uh, via roll-up, I think. And the the entire time, Indy Hartwell comes out to uh, basically support Dexter Loomis at ringside. They do this whole, like, they meet each other at the plexiglass where the wrestlers are on one side and the fans are on the other side. And she's obviously playing herself as a fan. And they like put their hands up to the plexiglass and like touch each other's hands, and then they realize there's a space where there's not plexiglass, and they just kind of move towards it, go to like kiss each other. It doesn't work. La Knight interferes. It's just, it's just the best. It's the best love story they've got going on right now in the WWE, and I think the best one they've had in a while. Yeah, other than that, we have uh, Grizzled Young Vets versus Breezango, where Grizzled Young Vets come out on top. That was a fun little match. We have Saray versus Zoe Stark. Uh, I mean, big debut there. Yeah, I mean, Saray has been... I mean, it wasn't a debut, was it? 100% it was. It was wasn't was. she on last week? No, no. 100% oh, yeah, no. it was... Uh, yeah, This was Saray's debut, so... They announced well, we all know what that means. They announced her, which it's the worst thing in the world when you play this drinking game is to have an announced debut or an announced return. Because then you just know, you know what you're getting yourself into is that when you get to this match, when you see Saray debut, in-ring debut, all that I can think of when I'm playing this drinking game is, fuck, as soon as she shows up on screen... I'm gonna have to finish a beer. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely something that we uh, we anticipate at that time. And if it's a beer that I just cracked open because of how the rest of the card has played out, then it's even worse. Yeah, but but Saray uh, showed up, showed herself against Zoe Stark. I uh, I thought it was great that they picked Zoe Stark in this match. I I see. I I, cannot, I, I continue to I rave over Zoe Stark. I. I think both of these women are future NXT Women's Champions. Yeah, I, I think that, that both of them are, are great. Saray had a great appearance, and then Stark followed up her NXT TakeOver appearance with this match. But I don't, I don't know. I think that they, uh, I think that it was 
too too soon a loss for Zoe Stark. Oh, I don't think so at all. No, all no, right. I don't. I don't think they're trying to build her up as like if they're not trying to build her up as a number one contender right now. So like she could take a loss, especially to a debuting Saray right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I guess you're right. I just I I think that that Stark had her big win uh, last week, and then then she she takes the L this week exactly that's so. the other thing is like she had the big takeover win so like she can i that's the other thing is like i think she can afford that loss because of that yeah but we we also had the one of my favorite aspects of wrestling we had an open we had an open challenge this week and nxt cruiserweight championship kushida who won the championship last week off of uh santos escobar who won the championship a week before at NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver, Kushida is now doing open challenges for the Cruiserweight Championship, and I cannot be more for this. I love open challenges. It, it kind of dates back to the whole 2015 John Cena United States Championship open challenge. He would have an open challenge every week. He would bring someone out. They would have an excellent match, and it's just... It's something that you can look... An open challenge is just something that you can look forward to every week. It's going to be a staple in the card. It's going to be... Someone's going to come out to face this champion, whoever's doing the open challenge, and they're going to put on a hell of a match. And it's just something that you can look forward to that's going to be at least... As far as uh, beer ratings go, it's going to be at least a two, two and a half beer match. Which in a two-hour show like NXT is something that'll get you fucked up. Yeah, but... uh are we going to have an open challenge next week? I don't know. So it doesn't matter what you know or you don't know because I've already read that Kushida is teaming up with MSK next week against Legado oh, del Fantasma. Right. There's that's already right. announced an announced match. I'm totally going to cut you embarrassing me there. That was rude. Why? I'm just kidding. <laughs> the look on your face there when I was like <laughs> The look on your face, and I was like, "I'm cutting that." Yeah, we already have a six-man <laughs> tag team match announced for I next week. Forgot about this. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's something I'm extremely excited for. You know, I love Kushida, and MSK has been impressing me. I don't know if I'm if I'm on the love level yet. We we might get there eventually, uh, but yeah, I think that they can establish a great three-man tag team against Legata del Fantasma and. I'm That's predi- going to be a wonderful match. Yeah, I'm like, predicting it now. They come out on top. You think the faces come out on top there? Yeah, absolutely. The yeah. the the champs come out on top. I I'm not going to I'm not going to agree with that, but I'm also not going to say that the heels win. I'm going to say that there's going to be some sort of uh some some sort of some sort of uh debauchery. Some, some sort of de- I like that. Debauchery. Debauchery is going to go on. I don't I guess that's the right right term to use there. I'm not an English major, so yeah. I assume that that's right. I'm not in any language major. I'm not a major at anything. Yeah, I, I haven't drunk. gone. Yeah, we're, we haven't gone to college. I'm pretty good at that. Yeah, I'm just so Kushida. Kushida had his open challenge this week with Oni Lorcan. Obviously, Kushida won. Uh, it was an awesome match. It, I thought it was a great decision to have Oni Lorcan answer the challenge. Because his tag team partner, Danny Burch, is currently hurt. So, what better way to keep him involved and keep him on TV than to have him come out and have a match? I, I, 
it was just a wonderful match. The Japanese style of Kushida versus the British strong style, the the hard-hitting style of Oni Lorcan. I thought they meshed very well. And that kind of wraps up Tuesday night. And we move into our final show of the week. Well, other than what we were talking about tonight, because we already talked about Friday Night SmackDown, we're going to talk about AEW Dynamite now. My God, AEW had such a good show last week. Yeah, it was, it was a really good show. And I thought that this week, so I, I think it was last week, last week, that Young Bucks and uh, Death Triangle match ends up getting five stars from Dave Meltzer. Uh, probably would have gotten five beers from us. I don't, we, we just started keeping track of beer ratings and I'm only going to keep track of beer ratings for pay-per-views. If I'm going to keep track of beer ratings for TV uh, matches, it's just going to be too much for me. I I already work a full-time job, so you guys can fuck off. I'm going to just only do pay-per-view ratings. And, you know, maybe when I get fired from this job, then maybe I'll start doing beer ratings <laughs> of the weekly shows. Yeah. That match ended up getting five stars. But this week's Dynamite... And I'm a big AEW fan. I thought it was just an average show. Yeah, it was. It was. It was good for what it had to be. Uh, you know, we started off with Hangman Page versus Ricky Starks, uh, which I don't know exactly how I feel about Ricky Starks. I think that that he. I like him. I I like him. I just think he takes a a, a back stage. No, that's not back what seat. I want to say. A back seat to the rest of of Taz's team. You know he's he's a lot he's significantly smaller than the rest of Taz's team, uh, so yeah. I mean, I obviously I knew how this match was going to end. Hank and Adam Page is on the top of his game right now. Yeah, he's, he's still the number, number one, one contender. contender. I, so. I I still am sticking with my prediction of Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega at double or nothing. But I I do feel like they haven't planted any seeds yet for that match, and double or nothing is. In about five weeks, there if if they don't plant any seeds for Omega versus Page at Double or Nothing next week on Dynamite, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, bl- blood and guts. Uh, that's not next week. Next week is uh, the week before Blood and Guts. Blood and oh. Guts is two weeks from now. Okay, sorry. If they don't yeah. plant any seeds for Page and Omega at Double or Nothing next week, I don't think it's going to happen until probably all out in August or September, whenever they decide to do it. Which is awesome. Still still awesome. I think Double or Nothing and All Out are their two biggest pay-per-views of the year. And then bookending those are Full Gear and Revolution. And I think that if they decide to go with it at All Out, AEW does a great job at lo- the, the long-term storytelling, which this this story has been going on for a while. They're, they're kind of taking a pause on it. They're not even talking about it right now. But they are basically dating back all the way back to when last year at Revolution in February of 2020, when Hangman and Kenny won the tag team championships, they go out and lose it last year to FTR. They break up and they kind of go their separate ways. Kenny is Kenny Omega is now the AEW World Heavyweight Champion, and Hangman is now the number one contender. So. Really, the only the only the only way they've hinted at it so far is that the fact that Hangman's the number one contender, but they haven't hinted at him going towards going after Kenny Omega yet. 
So I'm interested to see what they do this week. If, if my prediction is that if they don't hint hint at anything this week, this upcoming week on Dynamite with Page and Omega together, I don't think that match is going to happen. I see. I don't know. Uh, I think that not a double or nothing at least. Well, I I think that they're they're trying to build up. Uh, blood and guts as much as they can. Yeah, I I think that they're trying to get. I think that they're trying to get those TV ratings up on Wednesday night. May oh, for sure. 5th. And they're doing great. Yeah, May fifth. You know, we had that that great spot uh, where the elite were all in the trailer and they were talking about their their time in New Japan. <laughs> and then, uh, and then John Moxley and Eddie Kingston come up and they ran the trailer. You know, I think they're doing a good job building up that match, but I I think that oh yeah, Bucks the Bucks versus Moxley and Kingston is going to be amazing. Yeah, I, I I honestly think that that at the end of that match is when they're going to start building the the Kenny Omega versus Adam Page match. I and uh, yeah, I think that that even with three three ish weeks. To build it, I think that they can still build a good storyline because they have that background storyline. So the, I don't. My, I don't. My I don't, opinion with it is that, like, with a story like this, you've had so long to build it. I don't think they're going to rush the story. That's so, the only reason I don't think they're going to do it at double or nothing. Yeah, but I don't think that with their with their ranking system, they could just maintain a number one contender for another six six ish months. Well, it would, yeah. it would really only be for another. I mean, they're gonna. They would start building the story after Double or Nothing, which is only another five weeks from now. I think yeah. after Double or Nothing is when they start building the story. So yeah, well, well I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I think this next this next week is the dynamite where we'll see whether or not Hangman will challenge Kenny Omega at Double or Nothing. Uh, <sighs> I think that Double or Nothing is the best spot to do it. I think it's their biggest pay per view, but All Out is also. Pretty much right there with it. I think yeah. that's usually where they put on their their two biggest main events of the year. Uh, what else? Other things we had on the show. They we we talked about blood and guts already. They they did some more advertising for blood or, blood and guts on May fifth. They're gonna give it to us free on TV. I think that's amazing. It's gonna be the inner circle versus the pinnacle, and it's going to be a one match show. That's going to be the only match on that show. This is AW Dynamite. It airs on from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. on TNT and on Wednesday nights. And on May 5th, they're giving us one match: Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle. Pineapple, yeah, <laughs> pineapple as Chris <laughs> calls it. Yeah, uh, I, I can't believe they're doing a one match show. Yeah, I, I absolutely don't know how they're going to do that. Uh, if if these 10 men 10 men yeah 10 yeah 10 men just beat the shit out of each other for two hours i well, think if that, that's i mean if it's going to be anything like a war games match there's going to be people coming in throughout the match yeah that's true i don't know what the, prolong, what the end it can definitely prolong the time of a match but like all the war games matches we've seen in nxt in years past they're usually only 40 to 45 minutes long uh all the ones we've seen with undisputed era in there the those are usually four on four matches. This is obviously gonna be five on five, so you can obviously stick a couple extra minutes in there for waiting for the fifth member to enter the match. But either way, 
it's going to be two. It's going to be a two-hour-long match with as far as TV time goes. I don't think there's anything they can do wrong here. It's I'm going to be front and center for this. Uh, I'm. What shift am I going to be? What's what's going to be my sleep schedule for this? I'm going to be on swing. I'm going to be at work when this happens. I just realized that. Well, fuck, Joe. Well, I'm going to watch this match when I get off of work that night at midnight. And please nobody spoil it for me. I'll do my best, bud. I will be front and center in front of my TV. Obviously, I'll have a DVR. And I'm very much looking forward to it. It's going to be it's going to be up there with Stadium Stampede like last year for match of the year for AEW. I think. We also had an AEW Women's World Championship match. And a TNT World Championship or a TNT Championship match, the the Women's World Championship match we had, Hikaru Shida versus Ty Conti. I legitimately, the, AEW legitimately had me believing that Ty Conti was going to win this match. Yeah, I mean she hit the Ty KO in the match. I thought that was it. Uh, a, Hikaru Shida ended up winning the match, and Britt Baker ends up coming out after the match. It looks like we're going to get Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker at double or nothing. Britt Baker moves up. She even comes out and shows. AEW does a great job with the rankings and the number one contendership as far as that goes. With And they show that Britt Baker coming into this match had, I think, eight. It was eight and one. And Ty Conti was ten and one. So Ty Conti was obviously the number one contender. Two more wins. But now she lost to Sheeta. She's now 10 and 2. They show the updated rankings where Britt Baker is now the number one contender because she only has one loss. She's 8 and 1. And I think that's great. The entire story here has been Britt Baker's going to make her way up because two or three weeks ago, she was the number four contender and all she's been doing is winning. It's it's looking like we're we're obviously getting Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker at double or nothing. And that's going to be a great match. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it, that it will be a good match. Uh, but for tonight, the last match of the night was... Uh, Dylan already alluded to it. The TNT Championship match. Darby Allen versus Jungle Boy. Which delivered on all fronts. I just realized that I didn't even write anything down about this match. Because I'm pretty sure I got really drunk when I watched this. And I've been waking up at 4 a.m. every day this week because I'm on the day shift this week. And uh, that's not a whole lot of fun when you're drinking from 8 to 10 Monday through Wednesday. So I'm pretty sure I just got really drunk. And I do remember, I, I honestly thought like AEW hook, like got me hook, line, and sinker this week. I say they had an average show. The fact that I called this an average show for AEW just goes to show how good of a product that AEW puts on week to week on Wednesday nights. They had, obviously, like we said, Jungle Boy and Darby Allen for the TNT Championship for the main event. And this was just back and forth. I really thought Jungle Boy was going to pull this one out. But Darby Allen ends up get, picking up the win. I honestly... Don't know where they're going to go with this. It looks like probably. So we've been getting uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page in the crowd in the past weeks. Just kind of like making fun. I don't know. Just kind of like 
clapping up or making fun, making fun at the talent who's in the ring that's competing for the for the TNT Championship. And they came out after this match and beat the shit out of Darby Allen and Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy and his boys. And I think we're going to probably get Ethan Page, I would assume, versus Darby Allen. Probably a double or nothing. Yeah, yeah, I think that Ethan Page is a like a new enough star in this this AEW roster that he will he he will continue to be on their pay per views for the time being, and that we're going to get this match. You know, Lance Archer came out afterwards, made the save, and then we had Sting. I don't think that Sting is a. Uh, week-to-week competitor at this point so i think that allen will face ethan page and you know we might we might get some 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 people on the side of the ring that are helping him out but yeah who, yeah who, maybe like some uh austin gun best best talent best uh pandemic crowd member yeah award yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that was it. That was AEW, and uh, let's move into our last segment of the night. So that wraps up the weekly wrap up of everything that happened in wrestling this week. Let's move on to some rapid fire, Joe. All right, hit it, bud. You have no. So the way that this goes, Joe has no idea what I'm about to ask him. This first question, I type these up like throughout the week, and I realize. After reading this first question, Joe probably has zero idea what I'm talking about with this first question. So I'm probably going to have to show him this video. But before I show Joe the video, I'm going to ask him and see if he remembers it. Rapid fire. Joe, there was a video that went viral of a wedding this week where two guys reenacted Chris Jericho's debut on Raw with The Rock in 1999. Have you seen it? I haven't seen the video. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm going to show Joe right now what it is, and we are about to get his reaction to it right now. We tweeted this out earlier this week. Uh, joining back up now, I have seen the video. So, uh, Dylan, where did you want to go with that? I just wanted to get your thoughts on... Basically, so that's like one of the ones, that's one of a few that I've seen now where they do these, they do these reenactment things at, at weddings. I've, I've seen a, I've seen a couple of videos where they do like a Stone Cold Steve Austin entrance. There was that, the one that went viral uh, a few months to a year ago where they, they did the Stone Cold, like smashing two beers together for all the groomsmen entrance. You know, where, where does, where does this one rank for you? Uh, I guess it ranks number one because I haven't seen many of these videos. So, okay, all right. <laughs> Sorry, that was uh, that was that was I was really hoping you would have seen that. Moving on to question number two, Pat McAfee. We didn't talk a whole lot about him tonight, and he made his debut on SmackDown last week. Said that he stunk on commentary. Do you agree? I think that Pat McAfee. Can improve on commentary. You know, he's uh, 
he's kind of getting to that spot where he he knows that he doesn't know all the wrestling moves he doesn't know all the the wrestlers status quos so so there is room for improvement but i i i think that that he can continue to talk regardless of of his current knowledge in the business so i think that he does not stink on on commentary i think that he's doing a good job and i i hope that he continues to watch the product and continues to improve on commentary honestly yeah i agree i think he's the freshest thing we've seen on commentary in maybe ever uh he there was a couple funny moments last week in his debut night where i think it was the Sami Zayn kevin owens match where Sami Zayn just did like a sunset flip off the top rope like a normal move that everyone does and pat mcafee was like talking about how that was the greatest move he's ever seen or the coolest move that he's ever seen and he's like what do you call that, Michael? And Michael's like, that was a sunset flip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed Pat on, on commentary. I'm still a little mad at Pat for not showing up at NXT, but that's fine. I won the championship. I'm still the champion. So, All right. Question number three. Karrion Cross and John Cena exchanged some cryptic Instagram posts of each other this week with no comment where they posted pictures of each other. Cross says in regards to mm, being in John Cena's retirement match that he would be honored and very, in all caps, very ready. Would you want to see Karrion Cross be the one who retires John Cena or would you want to rather see someone else? No. I I think that Karrion Cross facing John Cena in his retirement match would not be the story that I want to see. With retirement matches, I really do want to see a, a good story behind it. So if and when John Cena retires, I want to see someone from his past or just like, yeah, no, no, there's no or. I want to see someone from his past start up a feud with him and carry that through to the end. John Cena takes the, the, the pin and, and, and that's it. Like, Karrion Cross, while he is an, a, an incredible wrestler, an incredible established NXT champion, I, d- I don't want to see him take on John Cena. I think that it should be someone that we that that we or a lot of people have seen from the Attitude Era come come back and give me a name. I can't say Kurt Angle because Kurt Angle's already retired. But if it was a double retirement match, then. Kurt Angle's already had his retirement. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is I can't say Kurt Angle, but I don't. I I don't even know. It's it's just got to be someone from John Cena's past. You know, uh, even if it was someone like AJ Styles. You know, we've we we've talked about how AJ Styles should just retire everyone last week. AJ Styles has had those incredible matches with John Cena. He has a history with John Cena, but I I, I don't know. You know. It's just, I feel like there should be more storytelling than just cryptic Instagram posts between two people. Yeah, I think AJ Styles or Kevin Owens would be a good one. Or KO. If you're looking for an Attitude Era guy or like a a Ruthless Aggression Era guy where John Cena came up, I think Edge. Oh, Edge would be good, yeah. Edge would be good. Uh, All right, moving on to the next one. Dan O'Brien. He made a comment this week about how. 
he would have liked to be out of the WrestleMania 37 main event and just to have made it a singles match between Roman Reigns and Edge like we all thought it would be. Do you think that would have changed the outcome? Do you think Edge would have won that match? Or do you think that Daniel Bryan being out of the match would have made it a better match? I don't think that it would have made it a better match. But I, I also don't think that WWE could have sold Edge not taking the win without Daniel Bryan there. I think that Daniel Bryan uh, kind of put a, another aspect to the match. You know, he also beat the shit out of Edge. So I, I don't think that Roman Reigns could have come on, out on top with Edge still maintaining his his aggression and skill and just everything else that he has on top of most of the people on the roster without Daniel Bryan in the match. So I'm glad that Daniel Bryan was in the match. And we, we got all those memes. Yeah, we got all those memes. Uh, I'm gl- but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that he, he was added to that match because it, it gave Roman Reigns an opportunity to come out on top on that match or in that match uh, while still protecting Edge. You know, he there was another competitor that, that was also beating him down. So, you know, I, I, I'm glad that Daniel was there. And I do think that if he was not there, that it would have changed the, the outcome of the event. Okay. Last question. This one's a this one's a doozy. Will and when will Brock Lesnar be back in WWE? Brock Lesnar's all about the fans, you know. Uh no. No. I say that he's all about the fans because no. Nah, nah, nah. I don't like it. I don't like what I'm saying right now. Right, so Brock Lesnar is all about the attention is really what I want to say. Like, Brock Lesnar has, like, this ego surrounding him that only wants to be there if people are either cheering his name or booing his name. So after WrestleMania 36 last year, he he basically surrendered the belt. Uh, He probably would have lost it anyway, but basically surrendered the belt, and he disappeared after that. Uh, so as soon as fans are established back in the WWE universe, I think that Brock Lesnar can make his return at some big pay-per-view, SummerSlam, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, etc., etc. But I don't think we're going to see him before one of those events with fans. Um, yeah, that's that's really all I got to say about that. All right. Well, that's all I got for Rapid Fire. And that is going to close out today's show. It's going to close out episode three of the Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling. Thank you for joining us. If you haven't yet, follow us on Twitter at DDTWrestlePod to see as soon as new episodes are up. And tell, please, please, please tell at least one of your friends about the, shr- about the show. Tell, us, tell them about the Drunk Dudes. Help us grow the show. I have been the drunkest dude of the party tonight. Unbeknownst to me, I thought it was gonna be Andy. My name is Dylan, I've been joined by Joe, and we'll catch you on down the road. I was thinking about a